Hey guys, it's Jackie Zabrowski and Page 7 and Wizard and the Bruiser are going back on tour with the Release the Butthole Cut Tour. We're coming to your town. Hold it. Where are we going? Salt Lake City, Denver, Colorado, Las Vegas. We're going to Portland, Oregon, Tacoma, Washington, Oklahoma City, Kansas City, and St. Louis, Missouri. Where can they find tickets, MJ? For tickets, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. What's that again? Lastpodcastnetwork.com. Hell yeah. Not my fault. Everybody get up. No, 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 no. That's this year. <laughs> oh, there were so many good hands. Oh, everybody get up. Come on, guys. Yeah, it is. Blurred lines right there in your face. We're up all night for this song. We're up all night for good fun. We're up all night to get lucky. Because we can't stop. And we won't stop. Oh, but gave it like a wrecking ball. Man, what a miley year. Yeah. 2013, 10 years ago, guys, we are doing a rewind. Welcome, everybody, to Page 7 Rewind. The year is 2013. Yes, Page 7 already existed, <laughs> but this was in the beginning times of Page 7 when MJ and I literally knew absolutely nothing going on with pop culture and Marcus would come in and be like, did you guys watch the Super Bowl? And be like, yeah, we did. And just kind of drunk. We were just drunk for many years in the beginning of Page 7. Yeah, man, it was just vibes. We did vibes. not know about pop culture, and we didn't want to know. <laughs> no, it was But you vibes. and Marcus would just talk about your like favorite movies from the 1980s or whatever. Yeah. I feel like that was like probably 60% and then 40% was us talking about whatever thing had just happened, like the Super Bowl or the VMAs. And as I look back at 2013, I'm like, damn, it was a great, there was a bunch of great music happening. It was a great year for pop culture. Miley was having a very hard time, I think, personally and publicly, mm. but making some absolute bangers. bangers. Yeah. Damn. Miley was killing it. Um, you also, this was uh, Lord coming out with Royals this year as well. Uh, just a big, it's like kind of honestly looking at it, like I do think pop went through, like pop music went through a bit of a changeover, a bit of a, a glam up or some might even say down because Royals was this very anti-poppy kind of bizarre different type of thing. It was almost like indie music was starting to invade pop music in this cross section mm -hmm. that hadn't quite happened yet. And Get Lucky, Blurred Lines even had this like weird, interesting, different kind of vibe. You know, you still had pop anthems like Roar, but Roar was like almost a last bastion with uh, Katy Perry's Roar was like a last bastion, yeah. I think, of that kind of big pop song and we were moving into this like shitty chain smokers future we were all uh, destined <laughs> to be a part of i guess is what i would describe it but but there's really good stuff in there this is the this is also the heyday of wagon wheel this is like the beginning remember when wagon wheel was played at literally mm -hmm. every place that you walked into and it was just like i was obsessed with wagon wheel i mean how could you not be because especially living in new york again we've talked about this many times when there are the hit songs 
you hear them in every bodega, in every cab that you're in, every street that you walk down, you hear the songs, like the same like 10 songs over and over and over again. And if you weren't into Wagon Wheel, you were going to be having a very bad experience. Can you, I hate to put you on the spot, but could you refresh my memory? Rock me, mama, like a wagon oh, wheel. Rock <laughs> me, mama, anyway. Oh, yeah, yeah, that hey, one. Mama, rock me. Yes. Yeah. That truly, oh my yeah. lord, within seconds, yes. it is 2013 again. I totally <laughs> forgot about that. Song. It's Darius Rucker from Hootie and the Blowfish? No. No, it's, uh, 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 oh, fuck their faces. It's. When I Google Wagon Wheel, a version from Darius Rucker comes up, but, uh. Old Crow Medicine Show. Old Crow Medicine Show, yeah. All right, so Darius Rucker from Hootie and the Blowfish just covering Wagon Wheel. Yep, just covered it. And I think that's kind of what, uh, launched it into literally every single dirtbaggy dude on the street with an acoustic guitar playing it, uh, for quarters. And then, like, hitting on your friend, you know, got whatever. Got you, got you. Okay. <laughs> How did you feel about this version of Tay? Because this was, I knew you were trouble when, when you, you walked, walked in. in. How do you feel about that version of Tay? I don't know what album that is. Is that before that's, you were uh, a That's going to be red. Well, what year did Taylor Swift... Yeah, Taylor. she's on she's on the 2013 list with uh with Red, the, her Red tour. Came out in 2012. So, we're steeped well in. This is like a transit not maybe not a transition year, but yeah, kind of a transition year. She's gonna put out 1989. That comes out um so this is definitely like pre I'm into her at all because it's not till like I see the video for Blank Space, I think, where I go like, do I like this? No, you don't. No, you don't, Holden. You like the Stooges. You like Velvet Underground. (laughs) (laughs) You like all those cool bands. Don't let them change you, you know, and uh, uh, that's that. But I do remember that, you know, this album has We're Never Getting Back Together. And I do remember like admiring or respecting the you know the poppiness of that song as well but she's way out of my radar still but this is her fully transitioned um so you'll appreciate this mj she fully transitioned from country (laughs) music to pop music (laughs) i do appreciate that (laughs) wow (laughs) so you know she's got it doing the thing too you know what i mean very similar (laughs) she's a real real angela bassett Bassett did the thing um (laughs) yeah this was this is so first of all i have to front this episode by saying that i to me 2013 feels like it was yesterday like i remember this year very well it was like i was already with gideon um like in many i mean my life has changed so much since then it was 10 years ago but in many ways it really just feels like a few years ago like naming all of these things i'm like oh yeah that was just a few years ago when beyonce you know did the super Super bowl Bowl. halftime show yeah it feels so within reach and for music it was like i think when we did either 2008 or 2009 we talked about how it was this like ascent like that was us like this ascendant incredible pop time for pop music and that was when we got into pop music from being like indie haters you know around kanye and rihanna and all that uh, the Beyonce um, of like 2008 and then I feel like 2013 was just like a peak year for really 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 good um, you know pop music uh, but then also it was a really long time ago and when you look at the moments that were 
happening in 2013, it feels like from a totally different era. Yes. Yeah, it really does. Now, I was talking about this before we started recording that uh, this is one of my lost years in 2013. <laughs> I, I had to do the math and I was like, how old was I? Okay, I was like 25, 26. Oh, yeah. I don't remember. Like, I was looking at the movies. I will, I will say, Banner horrible movie year uh -huh. but we will get into that all right cool but i wasn't missing out on a lot i was just i think that this was just one of my outside of like hearing all of these the, like all these songs in bars i was just like living my mid-20s fuck up degenerate alcoholic life and just kind of bopping through life just being like yeah, I black out every night, but what? what is, it's fine. I'm in my prime. I think there was a lot of times during this year where I would meet you at the creek and you were like, it's all right, my tab is still open from last <laughs> night when I forgot to close it, <laughs> so why don't I just get this round because the card is still Guard's behind still the bar. still there, man, you know, card's still there. That was kind of, that was the, that was our, our life. It was a lot of like show up for round table and never leave yes. the creek until it closes, show up for page seven and just not, not leave. leave. Uh, you know, you and I going out. We would we used to hang out in the backyard and just drink gin and tonics and talk for hours. And I would just chain smoke and um, not talking about the band. <laughs> and yeah, that was you know in the beauty of the heyday of having a bar where everybody knows your name because I could just leave the tab there and they wouldn't like close it out and charge me crazy extra. They'd be like. Ah, she's going to be here tomorrow. In so, <laughs> a couple of hours, she'll be back. She'll be back, and she'll be <laughs> drinking starting at 2 p.m., so it's fine. Yeah. yeah I, I. This is such a funny last year. I'm trying to... I'm thinking this might be the year... Because it's Beyonce did the Super Bowl, right? Oh, yeah. And I keep trying to place this. I'm like, I feel like even though this was pre-major pop lover era Holden, I still think... Like, I didn't see it. And I think this might have been that awful year where I performed a uh, Super Bowl. Uh, I performed a gig that was set during the Super Bowl for no one. <laughs> I, uh, I think there was no, one No, you performed old... for me as Skeleton Dan. Do you remember? Well, you were in the show, so I don't count it. There was one old man on a couch. It was the most shittily produced. He was like, oh, yeah, there's TVs in the bar, so it'll be, we'll be able to watch the game. I was like, okay, good. At least there's TVs in the bar. But they were like TVs that were hooked up to some shitty camera that were like security TVs. And they didn't actually have TV. The Super was Bowl. this that I, year? That was this year because I remember that I was hammered at that bar. And I remember that three doors down, not the band again, <laughs> yeah. um, there was another bar yes. that was showing the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. So I remember Kissel and I kept going over to that because Kissel was hosting that show and we went over because he wanted to watch the game and I caught the halftime show at the bar three doors down. Unbelievable. <laughs> I, and it was a really good game and obviously one of the best halftime specials ever. And I missed it for, this is honestly like the beginning of me being like, I don't just do every gig. I'm done doing that. Mm -hmm. It was like, I think that gig was the gig where I went, I don't just do every gig because I want it that much. 
I don't do that anymore. I'm so sick of giving my life up. My, <laughs> my, you know what I mean? Like, I'm so sick of well, like. Well, this is the beginning of your 30s, right? This, yeah. That's a big, yeah, this would have been a transitional time for all of us in terms of our personal growth. A few years still coming. Like, my big changeover that needed to happen started in 2016. I had like a miserable 2016. Felt totally dis- just, just alienated from everybody. Like my career going nowhere, just like sitting in my shitty job waiting for the for someone to call me up and give me my big chance and just like miserable. And so it was like a few years leading up. This 2013 was like the beginning of the end. It's everything I see sort of like reminds me of like a uh, uh, the city at night. Yeah, the same. And <laughs> kind of in a depressing way. And <laughs> it, yeah, like in a way of like, how much longer am I going to keep doing, like going to these gigs? Oh, that's so with interesting. Three, with three people in them. You know what I mean? And then like literally watching, I think last podcast is really starting to take the fuck off. So you're like, and I just remember that Super Bowl gig, I mean, still leaves a mark on me we we also recently talked about i wonder if it was even the same year i wonder if it was the year of just all terrible gigs might have been a different year but we talked about on stream last friday that gig where ed poured the beer on the guy's head and it was just such a bad gig and and it and again that was like murder fist finally meeting our match being like we can't just do any gig and it's not just going to work out like we had a really good run where we'd end up getting booked on like a horrible gig. We'd get there, be like, this is awful. There's no way we're going to get out of this alive. And then it ended up being like a lot of fun. And then we go, yeah, it always just kind of works out. And I think this was the year where like the facade started (laughs) to show, like the cracks started to show in the facade, like that where it's like, we, maybe we don't just do every gig and like, maybe I'm getting a little too old to perform for for one person while like a really good Super Bowl's happening for no reason. Like, why am I doing, what am I, who am I proving this to? This means this that was is, also around the time we probably stopped doing New Year's Eve shows. Maybe we did New Year's Eve shows forever, and then you realize, like, oh, your whole New Year's Eve is shot. You always end up missing midnight because Murder Fist would always be last, right? And then everyone would kind of like do the countdown as you're in the middle of a sketch on stage, and then you just be like, what are we doing here? Why are we doing this? Why yeah. can't we just enjoy New Year's Eve? Yeah, it was. Definitely that kind of vibe. I think we we're just kind of getting to that point. Yeah, I'm getting too old for this shit. It was sort of like that was the vibe a lot of 2013. And I think you're right. It's kind of funny talking about how you're like, wow, we were like really missing out on like what was actually going on in the world. And I think it was because it was a lot of that, you know. But uh, through but there that- was also a lot of what does the fox say? Uh, and, and, okay, great. <laughs> And with the beginning of memes, <laughs> there was a lot of internet humor that also was so alienating me to yes. the point where I was like, I don't think I get what comedy is more. Because I think one of the big things that made me go, ha, 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 was this was the year of Vine. And everybody learned yes. how to make these like 10 second. And I was like, this is the format now. I remember coming into it being like, oh, you can't just make like a five minute sketch. No one will watch that. It has to be like three minutes or less. And then cut to Vine. It's like, it's got to be 10 seconds. What? What do you mean? How do I establish character and like make something reach a climax and heighten and do anything in 10 seconds, you maniacs. This was such a, especially for people who were making things during this time, like, and before I, I, I completely identify with that because my brother and I made our web series in like, 2009, I think. Because everyone that, had a everyone web series. Had a web Mine series. was huffing it. We've got <laughs> girls, girls are we had, we had John and Monica <laughs> along. And, uh, 
And our, yeah, it was like, okay, it's going to be a YouTube video. It needs to be under like six minutes, you know, yep. was the, yeah. and it's so funny to think back on that time now. Cause then of course, right. Vine comes in and I think it was, yeah, seven seconds or whatever. And so then, and now of course, I think TikTok is, has been profoundly shaped by Vine, right? Like, oh yeah. TikTok is the descendant of vine right you know i think like vine people either funneled over into tiktok or they now are live streamers right you know and that's kind of the funneling path right. that happened because with vine going away you know they all have to scramble like cockroaches when the lights come on they all have to scramble <laughs> to the next fucking app and and exploit it to try to get free shit from some skincare company or something you know what i mean and what a huge ch- like the way that tiktok just feels like a completely different um medium you know than making a i mean our our you know our web series it was like an edited thing it was like it took Day, you know, days to shoot, weeks to edit, you know, and the the to think about going from that and that was how people were making, you know, self-producing stuff on YouTube in 2009, 2010 to then in 2013 when it was when Vine was the thing and you have the rise of the kind of like, you know, content from people who weren't necessarily skilled with all of the like production aspect in, in some ways I think is great right like there was like the vi- like the uh the kid who said you know like freaking bats or whatever like a lot of those vines were really really funny and I think a lot of the stuff like that on TikTok that's just like super 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 short form actually is an incredible skill it's just like that's where I feel like I got off the track and I was like that this is pop culture this this part of pop culture is now something that I will never be on the same track as with younger people than me you know it just I I, mm-hmm. I exited that was the dividing there. point yeah yeah I'm not, I was going to say, I'm sad that Hurricane Sandy was in 2012. <laughs> um, it was at the end of 2012 because I looked this up because I remember that's when I started making my first vines was during Hurricane oh, Sandy. Oh, really? Okay. Um, yes, because we were making our own. We were trying to make a horror movie done through vines, but that was also because we didn't have power for like two days. Mm-hmm. So we were just um, keeping ourselves drunk and occupied but again different year but that was so i met gideon in 2012 and for me like the my life when i look back on it it kind of was like bisected in late 2011 because like my like moment of political awakening was occupy wall street which yeah uh so so 2011 and 2012 was this like massive massive transformational year for me um and then and 2013 very differently than holden and it sounds like jackie as well i was just like Really happy. Whoa, I was in love. I was in love. You know, I and I had like met. I mean, my you know, 2012. I met in addition to being like internally incredibly moved by uh, like by Occupy. I just felt like in, I was incredibly engaged. I made this group of friends that are still at Occupy. They're still my best friends to this day, and I was in love and I was like teaching, still teaching kids, you know, in a job that I loved. And I just like, I was just like really, really, really happy at this time. I was, Wait, forgive me if you already said this was Occupy 2013. No, Occupy was late 2011. Going okay. Th- kind of through, it started late 2011, but it went through 2012. Gideon and I met at a, uh, trial in the summer of 2012. And, and so, Jackie, when did, when was super sad summer? Do we establish this? Super Sad Summer was two years before this. Okay, so I'm probably with Lexi at 
this point. Uh oh, he doesn't probably. know. <laughs> Tell Lexi he doesn't know if he was with her or not. Know. Or is it the other so Lexi? Don't you dates. have another Lexi when you're listing all the women oh, bad on Lexi. your list of many women? I think I'm definitely with. No, I'm not with other Lexi. Other Lexi was college. I'm definitely with Lexi at this point. I think that was interesting. Part of it was like. But this was such a hard setup. If you if you if you know anything about New York City, she lived like way out in Astoria, and she was like kind of a long walk from the train too. It was like the <laughs> last stop on the train in Astoria, and it was like a yeah, that's several blocks walk. She was like out there too, and yeah. I just remember it was like this epic journey to just see my girlfriend mm. on the weekend. Like I mean, to the point where I'd be like, I'm out there this weekend, kind of thing. It's like you're weirdly in a long distance relationship, like. Mm-hmm. Yes. I'm heading out there this weekend. I'll just be out there for the weekend. I'll just bring enough stuff and just not come <laughs> home till Sunday, you know, because it's yeah like that. I had far a similar away. thing because I lived in Bushwick and this is back. This is one of the many unhappy years of like, why are we still together <laughs> um, when we just kept getting back together for no right. reason? Yes, we were the Ross and Rachel of our friend group, I guess, <laughs> um, that uh, Doug lived in Long Island City and I lived in Bushwick. But this is when I lived in the place that had eight flights of stairs up. Uh, and I remember that there would be times that uh, I'd be so drunk that I would give up halfway up and just kind of like sit on the stairs <laughs> and just kind of like dizzily like have my head against the wall. Yeah, that was the place of the rooftop parties and stuff, the right? The rooftop parties. That was oh, such yeah. a horrible fucking climb. Horrible place. Yeah. It was eight flights <laughs> of stairs. The place was kind of cool. Like if the place didn't, if you didn't have someone living in that nook. Now it's just like more of if that was we like, had a two bedroom apartment that we had three separate people living in that we had created. There was a nook that we turned into another room. Oh, yeah, I lived in a nook. <laughs> I, I you like, you fit in a nook. Oh, yeah, I loved my nook. And it was the classic, like, in order to get to the roof, which was like a whole other room on the apartment, it was like a whole established space. You had to go through that <laughs> nook. Through nook. So that poor person, yeah, I've, I've never been that. I, I couldn't imagine it, honestly. I've never been that person who had like the middle room in the railroad that apartment or that nook or whatever like where somebody had to like walk through all it, the you time know, yeah just so i could save like 200 dollars on rent a month or something like you yeah, know what that, I mean? listen a nook comes in clutch i moved into my nook in 2010 when i was exiting a relationship and my dear friends were like i mean we got a hallway and i was like perfect and so i moved into the hallway yeah. nook and my friends had to walk my one friend had to walk through my room every time to get to his room and you know my other friend built me a loft bed and i was like bruh my loft bed is above your head you you come through whatever you want so i had no privacy, no privacy. and it was fun that was just my life and i was very uh i mean i don't think i was happy in an <laughs> active way but you know a lot of good memories <laughs> whereas in 2013 i was like this is just so I was like I am really happy but also I think because I had just um it was like a time okay I want to say that I heard the word woke maybe for the first time this year no you know? way no way as it was I feel used like you're woke until like two years ago at the earliest I, I might be wrong about it being as early as 2013 but it was definitely a time especially post occupy i mean the the, the i think the for, formal call formally the 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 movement calling the movement for black lives being called black lives matter i don't think started until 2014 but i just i just 2013 felt to me like there was a time of like a lot of energy uh-huh. around um coming out of occupy and kind of 
you know, moving towards all these other future social movements that were emerging, like Black Lives Matter definitely being one of them. Like there was just like so much. I was very excited to like engage with all these things in like a political way, much of which was very meaningful, but also looking back in retrospect, probably a lot of it was like a little bit for me coming from me was a little bit insufferable. You know, I was just like, I was so there was, there and was also a, wrapped up in love. Yes. You're trying to engage in quite a you, few things. Like, <laughs> you were uh, so, so in this love. big strong man's gonna help me fight the fight. In the <laughs> but like streets. Blurred Lines, great example, right? Blurred Lines was a song that came out in 2013. Yes. And at first, everyone was just like, "This is a jam," and then everyone was like, "Actually, this song is very uh, problematic." It took creepy. a few years. It just came and went, and then a couple of years later, we were like, "Huh." That's a weird song to come out. Yeah. I mean, and paired with a song called Get Lucky, which at least is like that song still holds up. I actually really have come back to that album as, as a, in general lately and like really like it a lot. But, you know, it still was like just a horny dog summer Definitely. in terms of music vibes. Yeah. And there was I think it was just sure. like, yeah, it was like a a like hypercharged and like confusing time in terms of like how to engage with pop culture. Um and like have decent politics because this was a time when we were starting to, um, there was a lot of, there was a lot of, this was also the time of the, of the rape joke, massive rape joke controversy and comedy. Like this was a time oh, when people I feel were, like it begins yes. actually. So that means the beginning of the like culture war centered around stand up comedy started this year yes. in this weird way that has man has persisted through all this time. In fact, I feel like 2023 is the quietest it's been since 2013 yes. in a decade when it comes to converse because I think everybody's just exhausted. It's like, yes. what more is there to say, dude? What more can you say in your podcast about how you can't say anything anymore? <laughs> yes. Like- but this was, the t- <laughs> yes. It, 2013 was very much, I think the, 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 the thing that I wrote, uh, which, which, um, you know, I would not write again because even though I stand by what I said, it was just not, but I wrote something about rape jokes and comedy, and I was like, "What if we didn't?" And <laughs> that did not go well. And uh, and it, but it was at the time it was like there was this and en- again this energy to try to like engage with pop culture and be like, let's talk about some like bigger structural things here. Um, but there was a huge reaction against that, um, and I think that that was part of like the part of what was going on with pop culture where it was like, ah, oh, there's blurred lines, but blurred lines is rapey. Like, ah, oh, there's, uh, you know, whatever there's this, all this good comedy. Oh, but, but let's also like do talk critically about some comedy. And that felt very new in 2013. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and you're right. Hold it. Now, 10 years later, it feels like, I mean, there are still people, surely plenty of comedians out there who are like, oh, I can't say anything anymore. But it does feel like we have now moved like an entire life cycle past yes. that particular moment, right? Well, even yeah. just the fact that they thought that blurred lines was fine. Like, that, like even when it, at first, so it was fairly like out the gate, even though it was like everywhere, like wildfire, but it was fairly soon that it was being referred to as a rape song. And then it almost tripled down when it released the music video that was also very uncomfortable to watch. And then another moment this year was Robin Thicke and Miley Cyrus on yes. stage together, which was yes. extremely uncomfortable. Yeah, very and uncomfortable. she was obviously... But, but again, to show you how much I think actual progress has has been made since 2013, I think that now, maybe I'm wrong, but I think that now people would be 
sooner to look at Miley Cyrus or a young woman in her early 20s having like a real hard time and be like, and look at that with more compassion. Whereas back in 2013, it was still just like, look at this. Look at this idiot. mess. Yes. You know, yes. It was still, and, and I think that, that as much as there was a lot of growing pains to the process that I think was emerging in 2013 of being like, let's talk um, uh, about pop culture in a way that connects to sexism and feminism and racism and all these things. I think that one of the results of, of one of the good results of that now in 2023 is, yeah, like don't point and laugh at like a 22 year old woman who's like obviously having like a public mental health crisis. And same, same. We've talked about that happening with Britney and stuff. Whereas in 2013, it was still the norm was still much. We, I think we were still closer to the like point and laugh Britney style than than we are now, which is like let's actually be kind of thoughtful about this, you know? Uh-huh. Yes, completely. Yeah, Miley. I feel like Miley. I wanted to. I want to talk about. I feel like Miley was a, a symbol for you, Jackie. <laughs> Or something. I don't want to say like not like uh, what do you call it? Because you can't say spirit animal anymore. But it was kind of like a representation of of you. I feel like at that time. I mean, I loved Miley at this time, especially in the Wrecking Ball music video, and that was such a big thing too. Because like that was such an interesting part of her trying to do something like that music video, but naked on the cannonball was supposed to be very artistic. But again, like you were just saying, MJ, I think that everyone was seeing Miley Cyrus through such a specific lens at this time that it was just like, Oh, of course she's getting naked on a wrecking ball. Of Of course she is because she has to be edgy. She has to do it. But like, I think that it was also her being like, no, I'm putting my heart and my soul into this. Right. And I want to be nude. I want like, this is like, this is me fully. And I still feel like she was just like, I mean, still a huge pop star, but like, just the way in which we talked about her is very different than how we would ever speak about someone now. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Was this also the year that Beyonce put the word feminist up on stage? Um, and it was like a huge deal. I'm looking this up. She did release her self-titled like visual album that this year. This was a huge year for Beyonce. Yeah. This was like second, third coming, fourth coming for her. I feel like she because Super Bowl released that visual. That visual album, I feel like cemented her as like the goat. Essentially, yeah. like modern pop. That was in 2014. 2014. MJ. But there you go. Like, that is such a great little example of like how there was these bigger, these like, uh, you know, a feminist engagement with pop culture, which of course is always, ha- there's always been feminist engagement with pop culture. But this was the first time, this was around the time that we were seeing those things that kind of like, you know, cultural studies, feminist, like discourse stuff, enter the the pop realm. And that's what leads to the idea of woke, like the, uh, the word woke and be like, well, you know, let's, when we talk about things, like let's talk about them in a way that is like, you know, where we awaken ourselves to thinking about these bigger, you know, ideas and structures of oppression and all that stuff. And so now in 2013, looking back at, you know, Beyonce standing in front of the word feminist is like, it feels so heavy handed. But at that time, it was like, oh, my God, Beyonce identified as a feminist. Drop the mic. That was still very, very new in 2013, Uh which is so strange because on the one hand, it feels like yesterday. And on the other hand, it feels like a very long time ago. And it's very strange to think that, um, you know, 
a pop star saying that they were feminist still hadn't a pop star of her uh you know caliber saying that they were feminists still hadn't happened yet in 2013 yeah but up until that point it was like two women made out on stage how crazy yeah. Boing, boing, boing. yeah and there was still you know articles there was still uh, every year there would be an article by like christopher hitchens or whatever that was like are women funny like that was still where the discourse was around 2010 2011 oh yeah man and uh you know so it really <sighs> yeah. was a lot has a lot of like the frameworks for how we think about things now it's like anything that's like, you know, quote unquote woke, it feels like so kind of exhausting, like, or, you know, but at the, the, the time, none of this shit was really happening in the, in the hyper pop realm, you know, mm-hmm. it was, it felt more like college discussions. Yes. Mm-hmm. Because it like, and things like I'm reading this, this interview with Miley Cyrus talking about the 2013 VMAs and her talking about how like, she was so insecure that she had four pairs of tights on just in that twerking, like in that outfit that she was wearing. And that after it, she was so publicly shamed that she wouldn't wear shorts. She wouldn't wear bikinis after it for years mm. because of how she was treated after and how she felt about herself after the BMAs, which wow, think of how much we have grown in 10 years. Of course, we're not all the way there yet, but we're in such a better place of how we talk about people handling their mental health than we used to be. It's so insane. Yeah, for sure. Wow. It was a very, very different. That was kind of the end. Uh, like we did what, what did we do? 2008 rewind, right? In the past, I believe. Yeah. Yes. And that was like the beginning of the end. And this was like kind of, I think the last of that kind of era of, you know, that was that kind of came about from Britney Spears and Lindsay Lohan and all the they're like the party girl era of mental breakdowns that happened that like the party girl era started a few years before that. The mental breakdown started around 2008. And then the 20 by 2013, I think we looked to Miley's new where really she was just in hindsight, you're like, oh, she was just starting a new era and this is her like party girl like i'm an adult now era yeah right it was her i'm not hannah montana yeah era era. and 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 she was just like leaning into that and like making that work and it did at times it did seem a little desperate but uh it was still like working the era she was just doing the thing she was being angela bassett up there just fucking (laughs) making it happen you know so um I, I felt very alienated from my own uh, society at this time. This is what I'm catching from everything I've looked at. First of all, number 52 on this BuzzFeed list, New Yorkers were lining up in huge lines to buy cronuts. And man, <laughs> did I give two or 18,000 flying fucks about standing in line for some cronuts. And all you crazy people who stand in a weird line just to eat a couple of tiny cupcakes... What's going on there? What's the what's the problem? Were you not held enough as a kid? Like what happened? I just need to know. I think I have a, an understand. This is helping me hold an understanding why you felt so alienated during this time. We all know how Holden hates um, internet language. Um, oh my god! Following how- <laughs> orders, fucking <laughs> flash dances. This was the era of the flash dance. Blow flash mobs, my- the Harlem Shake, and all the Harlem Shake. Yeah, my friends, I'm talking about command. Dan- this was taking command dancing to like the next horrific level. This was so egregious. It was. Just, so I feel bad. like 2013 was an extremely online year. Yes, right? like Twitter 
was Ugh. this was the gold probably <laughs> this is not why I'm happy but it was why I was happy but it was a golden age of Twitter I would go onto Twitter and I would be talking with like writers and thinkers I admired and my friends and there was like really good shit being written all the, like I fucking loved Twitter in 2013 I felt like there were so many interesting things happening and hold on I understand why for you it Everything felt so online yeah. that it probably, for somebody like you, you just felt like ever, there was all these in-jokes. And if you're not on Twitter, you're like, why is everybody doing this reference, you know? And like, it was like so, it was very easy to feel left out of it if you weren't in it. It's all, yes. yeah, it's all about jumping on the next trend and doing the dance. I mean, yeah. this is like pre-TikTok, learning dances. Yes. Like, I guess Gangnam Style wasn't this year, but it was right around it, right? So it was like, you know. I think that, it was the year before. It was right before. And then what What does the fox say was like the next? What does the fox say is fucking dumb. <laughs> and it's stupid and it's oh lame. And everybody who liked it and thought it was funny and cute is an it fucking idiot. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I just, I hate that shit. It's so internet cute. It was the birth of internet Very cute. Internet I hate cute, internet yeah. cute culture. Yeah. I hate when people talk about doing all of the things <laughs> and adulting and all this stuff and they're like in their little coffee shop and that fucking shitty music's playing the and they're doing some <laughs> yeah hadoukening to everybody like th this picture in number 54 on this buzzfeed list hadoukening was a huge craze and it's a guy like throwing his fist down the ground and these idiots circling around him like jumping back as if it's like creating some kind of uh you know aoe attack or whatever um, little fun things that people were doing on the internet and raging i <laughs> wanted them to all fucking I don't want to say violence right now but just imagine what you might think I'd want them all yes. to do it'd be a very violent thing I'd want them all to do to themselves or have happen to them and that's just the way that's just how I work and maybe maybe, I, maybe I'm just grumpers on, on a Wednesday maybe morning maybe I'm pretty sure on a Wednesday morning I'm pretty sure I'm having I'm having flat you know what because this is putting me in my awful real estate insurance office, just seeing, like, trying to figure out, like, why can't I get hired to do comedy? It's all I want to do. I've been working so hard. And then just seeing stuff like this be popular. And I'm just like, how? I can't do, I'll never do this. This is never going to be the thing I'll do. Do you want to see me write a funny thing about how a man explodes? Because I'll do that. Nobody wants it. Okay. <laughs> Nobody wants it, I don't think. <laughs> the way the internet worked at this time, because the next one on the list is Bat Kid. Remember That's the way cute. the internet worked I mean, at that time? You can't hate cute. on a kid with leukemia. So, Bat Kid was so cute. They sh they let him. They let this little boy be like the, be Batman for the whole city of San Francisco. But like, That's cute because like, he's a child. That's why he's five years old. He's not a grown adult pretending to hadouken somebody <laughs> and, and thinking so it's like cute. the most brilliant thing ever because you're wearing office clothes and you work in a shitty office. I'm sorry. It's lame. Or wearing a fox costume. You're a grown man going <laughs> you know is what the fuck I just like can't with it I can't and, and don't you think that it was just a different in, like there was more collective experiences what I liked about this time on the internet was that it felt like every day there was like one or two big collective experiences that happened so uh -huh. it was like today we're all talking about Bat Kid uh -huh. um, you know today we're all talking about Monte Teo uh, you know everyone's playing Candy Crush like it felt we were obviously past the monoculture of the late 90s mm -hmm. that we've talked about a lot yes. when there was not 
anything except whatever was in the movie theaters and whatever was on MTV or but whatever. But it's like we were creating our own monoculture totally. we were so used to having a monoculture, totally. so we would like force the monoculture. Yes, yeah, so, so, uh, so the internet, I think at its best, felt sometimes like, oh yeah, everyone's talking about Batkid, everyone's playing Candy Crush, and it felt like there was much more collective experiences whereas now the internet feels so like fractured there's not like one or two things that happen on twitter in a day that everybody's talking about you know it's just like no, you have to know about everything all the right. time and so that i think just leads people to just disengage completely whereas i think 2013 was a time where a lot pe- a lot of people were were starting to engage for the first time um and yeah, I, 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 because I was happy and in love. I'm talking about this with like, like it was all good. <laughs> I don't actually know if it was good. Maybe it was bad, you know, but it was a very, di- like Twitter was this, remember like what Twitter was to occupy, right? Like, like, mm-hmm. and the, you know, the year of the protests, you know, the global protests in 2011, it was this very new, it was, it existed by by 2008 or 2009, but like it was, it was newly this collective real-time processing. You I know? Will and in 2013, though, like, it still felt like that. The internet did eventually at some point at points kind of bite you back in this engagement. Like, mm-hmm. wasn't... And you said you wrote that article okay. about rape culture this year. Hit was all of that happening in 2013? Or, like, yeah. did that... Right. So and yeah. there is there is you got bit. You got bit. You got hard, bit. I got you? bit hard. And yeah, that was it was because I'm like bad. not engaging. I'm so alienated. I don't even know what I'm like. Here's a vine of me like, uh, with, you know, I don't you know what I mean? I had no clue how to how to, and I still don't understand how to properly engage in Twitter. You know what I mean? Like, I don't follow. I don't think the right people. I, you know, it's chaos on my phone. Yeah, no, it was um, <laughs> so right. I, I uh, wrote something in 2013 called the rape joke double standard. Um, and uh, and uh, <laughs> It, it was not a good time for me on Twitter. There, it was, it was, it was rough. Um, and like I said, I actually would not do it again um, because I just think that the way I did it, I just, I, I kind of had, I, I thought that you, it would. MJ, you were doing it genuinely, right? You were doing it earnestly yes, to start a conversation. Yeah, and I you, will say, you did start. start a you were actually doing it like in the ways that everyone does it, especially now more than ever, like cynically, just for engagement because they're building something. You were just like actually being getting a part what you of really some- felt. Yeah, and, and yeah. interestingly enough, the biggest accusation against me was that I was just doing it for you know that you're just doing this for the clicks. So this is the totally the beginning of like this is clickbait. Yes, which was very frustrating because of course there was clickbait in 2013. It was you know the internet was taking over our lives but also this was a time where you actually could still like write something that people would read you know which is just not really the case now um and yeah so it was a, like definitely i think this was like there was like by this time we had like you know call out culture and we had pylons and like we had you know there, i was just part of under got under a massive twitter pylon <laughs> I'm, sorry, um, I don't, I'm sorry i don't uh, mean to like i'm not no, trying to like bring you down to my level here right now okay i just but i was just very curious the timeline because yeah you're talking about it very idealistically but i i understand but like everybody has this problem process with it right it like begins beautifully and then you have like hard times and then you pull out of it because yes. i even would say that was like my experience just when i started streaming on twitch it like started as this earnest genuine yeah. experience and then kind of it showed the darker side of itself like a couple years in when it comes to like what it is to build a community and then like communities changed and formats changed yeah. and now you still and get you know 
I mean, obviously it didn't bite you back so hard because you still are very engaged on Twitter, you know? Yeah, I think actually what this particular experience for me did was I, I disengaged from comedy. Yeah. Um, because it felt like a really yeah. hostile time it was, it to was. be... Like, you know, I like I said earlier in the episode, I was like really excited. And again, big chance that part of it was pretty insufferable. But I was like, oh, my God, like, let's all talk about these big things. And um, and I that just felt very unwelcome. Um, And I when I wrote this thing, like a lot of comedians who I thought kind of would have my back didn't. And so I like very, very much disengaged from comedy during this time. Yeah, there was all that line drawing and shit, yeah. too, where people yeah. were like, all of a sudden, not your boy, and you were yeah. like... And there was a lot, and I was kind of watching all of that from a distance. And we also, it is important to note politically, like Obama's sworn in for his second term right? right. in 2013. Yeah, Michael um, Douglas thinks that he got oral cancer from giving oral to his wife. Yes, and I remember that. that led to their separation for a while. That was very sure. political. <laughs> that was very, <laughs> very You were, you were Titanic that so well, Jackie. I was like, wait, I what? Know, that was great. How did that have anything to do? <laughs> That's great. Yo, yo, I, I have to bring it up right now because it's such an important cultural touchstone of this year. And I can't believe we haven't talked about it yet. This year is the year the Red Wedding episode dropped. Yes. For Game of Thrones. This was talk about a collective experience, right? And when that happened, yeah, that was, and again, talk about the last last little bits of a monoculture. Well, you that know what I mean? and That's this why I thank was God the... for things like the slap. Yeah. We all talk about one thing finally for once. Where we say this Jackie? is also when the year that Breaking Bad ends. Oh. So this was like two separate experiences. That I remember watching the last season of Breaking Bad. Felt like it was like almost a really cool experience yeah. because I felt like because like you, Holden, I was very separate from what was actually going on in the world, mm -hmm. but watching Breaking Bad in that final season and watching the Red Wedding episode, I felt like brought me back into culture for a while. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I'm a part of the world. I exist. I, I, I matter. And then, um, I didn't, and that was that's all that I had. <laughs> well, and that was where we were tapped in. Is that, and again, this fully puts me into uh, into this year now. Like it fully inserts me. There's two things I think of: watching the red wedding at uh, at Adam's place with a room full of people, and one of those people was only watching the show and not reading the books, and they had the best. Like so, we all knew what was going to go down. Oh, this, really? Yeah, dude. John Pack. John Pack didn't <laughs> didn't oh. hadn't seen it, so so he was like blown away. We were all blown away too, for you know, but we knew it was coming. And uh, and again, definitely watching Breaking Bad finale at Lexi's place out in the middle of fucking nowhere, <laughs> in my mind, at least um, out in Queens. And then the other thing is watching. This is such a visceral memory of mine, Jackie, being in your kitchen in that apartment just down the street from the creek in the cave, probably post round table uh, or maybe at a Calman rehearsal. And we're both smoking cigarettes and Inside, yep. you're playing Candy Crush and we're listening to Get Lucky and Blurred Lines <laughs> on the radio. That sounds sounds about right. That yeah. is such a visceral memory of mine. Like smelling the smoke or, you know, and the weed smoke and the Candy Crush. Because I remember, so Candy Crush was a huge, 
huge, weirdly oh, yeah. huge deal because everybody was playing it. Like Lexi played it for years and years after. It was one of the first massively popular, like your mom's even playing it free to play. Loved it. Uh, mobile games. And this really was like a big heyday for free to play on mobile because also Flappy Bird is on this list mm. of coming out of just like huge banger hit. Everyone's playing at the same time, like free to play mobile games. It wasn't like the beginning of that by far, but Angry Birds was a little earlier, but Angry was... Birds was a little before and people were, yes, Angry Birds was a huge cultural thing, but there was something about Candy Crush that was like, yeah. we're all just drones in this machine <laughs> of, of, of others' makings, and we're all just going to like get in line and play our Candy Crush, you know, and nowadays it's like Wordle was the last big yeah. one, but uh, yeah, and again, it's like, I think it is scrambling for monoculture, yeah. and Getting that in, I, I love. I feel like there needs to be a, a monoculture word counter when we do I these know. rewinds. But it is so in the front of my head, like what, how we all clung on to one thing at once is it's just so much more wild westy than it was before when we had just three TV stations and two to three newspapers to choose from, uh, physical hard copy newspapers to choose from and like that was it i don't know what's better i mean i think it made comedy fucking worse might have made like political discussions a lot better actually even though they're ch they're challenging and hard and now your dad's like shooting bud lights with a uzi <laughs> yeah that's i was really optimistic at this time about the potential of cut to k-rock just blasted a oh case of bud light with i wish i could oh. just like show you i wish i could time travel 2013 be like here's like five things happening in 2023 and just show you like why is k-rock shooting him i know Oh, <laughs> like, oh my like, god! Why is he? Why is this out? Like, why is this going on? It's like it's well, it's because your Twitter like really yeah, took right. off. It's it, like <laughs> right. I think I think in 2013 I would have said that I was maybe probably before I published that article about rape jokes. I would have said I was really optimistic about um, the way that, especially Twitter, but also just the possibilities for the internet to like. Uh, to 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 bring to bring people together for those collective experiences, but also specifically to um, advance, you know, more progressive thinking. And like this was a time. If you go back and look, like even around the rape jokes controversy, there are so many articles at this time that are like, you know. Um, the limits of like the white male straight comedian, which now feels like very, very kind of tired mm. to hear all those descriptors. But in 2013, it was new uh -huh. to like name those descriptors. Again, not new, like nobody had ever done it before, but mm -hmm. new in pop culture conversations, right? And so it was like, mm -hmm. we're naming these identities for the first time. We're talking about intersectionality. We're talking about privilege. You know, I feel like this was the first, this was kind of like the time that people first started hearing like, what? I'm a white boy. I don't have privilege. I grew up poor. And like, it leads to these interesting and good and I think often productive conversations at the same time. I think that, and we can see this, especially in retrospect. It leads to it Trump leads getting to elected. Reaction, the reaction against it and the defensiveness, <laughs> yes, right? Yes, the reaction. 
Yeah, I think the def- and I think that defensiveness, and, and it's my feeling that that defensiveness and that that is what I saw in the lead up to the Trump election. Totally, totally. Was it was people got scared yes. that people were coming for them and their identity. Totally, and like and they freaked out and they got freaked out and they were like, well, "This asshole's crazy. He'll fuck them all up." And I think that you even know? even if we just stick to the to the comedy realm, which again I've been pretty actively disengaged from it since 2013, but like <laughs> you know, I think that around this time you start to see kind of for for uh you know comedians especially you have you either take the path of like okay yeah it seems like we're trying to not like um be sexist or misogynist or whatever and maybe i got to try to like update myself a bit i got and i got to swim in these waters or i go the other way and i swim in the reactionary waters and i say you can't you can take my rape jokes over my dead body and i'm going to keep saying um you know racist things i'm going to keep saying sexist things or whatever and we see that realm of comedy and that realm is still very alive and well too oh, and like yes. the people leaning into transphobia and having the anti woke Rogan's whole anti woke comedy club. Like yeah. I think to- I agree with you, Holden. I think all the seeds were planted for that around this time because of all the stuff that was happening that I thought was really exciting and had a lot of potential, which it clearly has. I mean, obviously, yeah, pop I, culture has been shaped for the better by those conversations. I think it's stuff that needed to happen, but yeah. maybe it was also the way the discussions were being had. I yeah. think in a lot of ways too. And it's not necessarily people's fault for d- in doing this, but I think in a lot of ways those discussions were being had in more in the favor of of the side talking about trying to inform people about privilege, just because that side had a better understanding of how social media worked at that time. Yeah, and I, I think, think slowly right. over time, and so I think again people felt attacked because they were like yeah. had their backs against the wall a little bit. You yeah. know what I mean? And I, I think you know, I'm I'm really thinking there is. Um, there's some weird psychological thing going on when it comes to like oppressive societies feeling like the victim. Like they want to take victimhood on as quickly as possible because it saves them from having to confront the terrible things that maybe they or their ancestors have done. A hundred percent. Does that make sense? Yes. And that's so definitely a thing. Absolutely. And so like it's like how quick can I I turn myself into the victim of all, of all this? And that's where where how you get to a Marjorie Taylor Greene. Absolutely. Right? That it because that's all she you. does. She talks about how oh yeah, all she does is vic- make make the fucking slave owner the victim the the victim somehow, totally you know? and that's actually i think for me, just for me personally i think that what i have learned in the last 10 years is like yeah like i i i was in 2013 i was coming in hot i was so excited and i was i was much there was a mindset online that was like listen if you're if you're not with this yeah then like catch up mm-hmm. you know right. and now i have a much more like each one teach one approach of like if you're not there yet like if you're a fascist then fuck you but like if you are not there yet like i will talk with you like i would rather like see if you can come here you know yes and and it's not it's not like a be be here or get the fuck out kind of mindset i love you say that because this is what i think but to hear it confirmed even just by one other person is like okay i'm not insane because i don't want to also be angry or i don't want to defend the fuck faces but there is a reason why, like, everybody's dad got weird around, 20, <laughs> around 2014, 2015. <laughs> everybody's dad got weird. Not my, actually, mine st- my parents have stayed actually wonderfully, you know, I feel like pretty good-minded with all this yeah. stuff. But, yeah, a lot of people's uncle or everybody has somebody in their family. They had to, like, mute on something, you know, and it was around this time. But my, my big thing about this year, this was, like, the year of hypocrisy. I cannot believe that 
it. All of these discussions were, were happening, and on and I'm sure there was an article written, but no one fucking remembers it or points to it, that all of these conversations were happening, and yet Blurred Lines was the hit of the summer, and everyone was cool with it, and everybody was down, and there wasn't... I just don't remember a single person being like, hey, we know with all this like conversations going on right now, this song seems kind of fucked up. You know what I mean? Like, I think it's it was like happening. We're domesticating yes, it was a woman happening. It just wasn't me- reaching the the top outlets <laughs> at the time because it was being suppressed. But I think that it was being discussed on like forums okay. and and blogs and right. stuff. A lot of blogs. It was like we're talking about rape. There was so much talk about rape jokes and like i feel like no, not nearly enough talk about how blurred lines was like a rape song <laughs> like, well but i think that that's because if you brought that up everyone was just like Shut boring up. so we can't have fucking fun anymore at all yeah. Then. Yeah. so we can't yeah. have any more fun yeah. yeah yeah like i think that's why you know like um and and there so i i really feel like this year was this like this tension you know and and certainly i think the fact that there was this you know this was the one of the beginnings of this hugely reactionary, like anti woke shit. And yes. it doesn't, I think that still all of that, all of the conversations that were emerging around this time, like were good and important and needed to happen. And I think a lot of the people who got radicalized the other way towards the right would have perhaps done that anyway. Remember all, also, I think if we were to tie a lot of this kind of like political awakening stuff back further, we, we can go back to 2008 when the first black president was elected. Right. And like, oh, that's, yeah. that's really when I think, that people's crazy it. uncles really started losing their shit. Yes, then. but like that super started it. You know, but yeah, I think I I totally I think blurred lines actually is a perfect little distillation of the year 2013 because yeah, it's the number one hit. Yeah, there were people being like, eh, this is kind of fucked up. And there was some people, and then like you said, Jackie, there was a lot of blogs about it. And then there would be people who'd be like, fucking blogs, these feminist blogs. Yeah. People hated oh, feminist yeah. blogs in 2013. Oh, yeah. Hated them, you know? And so there was, it was just a lot of discourse, a lot of internet discourse, you know, at this time. Some of it was good, some of it was a mess. I'm glad we picked this year. It's a fascinating year. Yeah. I uh, We haven't talked about the shitty movies, Jackie, you want to lead us in the uh, terrible movies that came out. I mean, the number one movie was Iron Man 3. <laughs> The number two movie was the second Hunger Games movie. Can you name me what happened in Iron Man 3? Like, Oh, yeah, you know me, Ms. Marvel. Oh, I'm going to guess the big man with the suit on. And I'm, He's I'm, kissing goo. I'm asking this question I because it. I also don't. I'd have to look at it and be like, oh, right, it was that. But, like, I don't. I couldn't tell you. I didn't see it. And Hunger Games is such a weird one because it's such a. And it's a, the second one. And the third movie, this goes out to you, Holden. Despicable Me yeah, Two, the Minions. Despicable Me Two. So it's like the top three movies of 2013 are all sequels. sequels that, in hindsight, are kind of whatever. I think Iron Man Three definitely gets some love in the MCU uh, for sure. But in general, like none of them are like, ugh. Once a year, I got to go back and watch Hunger Games Two. <laughs> Yeah, and in fact, Hunger Games is such a weird one in general because of how just it came and went in the whole franchise, and they're going to try to bring it back, and I think they're going to fail. I just don't see how it could come back uh, at this point in a meaningful way. 
But yeah, wow. I will I, also say, though, one big movie uh, that is going to be a large part of your life, I imagine, soon, Holden, and is it already a huge part of MJ's life, and that is the movie Frozen. Yeah, yeah, Frozen came out this year. Yeah, Frozen came out this year, and I do think that that is, you know, I pride, I, I prided myself on how long it took me to listen to the song Let It Go. Yeah. Uh-huh. Because I, I was so... I, you know, was like, yep, I don't know the song and I'm not gonna know the song. And, but needless to say, I didn't realize that 10 years later, Frozen was going to be just as huge as just it was just yesterday. As in 2013. Yeah. Just yesterday in 2023, MJ was telling us that the number one selection for their kids for <laughs> music time is the motherfucking Frozen soundtrack, which honestly is kind of mind blowing. There hasn't been a single movie soundtrack that came out in the last 10 fucking years that can beat that one, apparently, with kids. And that's like that's definitely like many kids. Yeah, also, oh, you know, yeah, it's yeah. It's like, it is just still, it reigns supreme. And also, interestingly enough, I feel like Frozen was was received as this like woke Disney movie because it was like, there's two girls who are main characters. It's it's just so funny. It's a great movie, and I like or, it. Or they're princesses, but they're, they have powers, yes, and they're strong totally, and badass. Totally. And that really cracked the code. I mean, that's what I think so many little girls were waiting for. Finally, you can be both a princess and be a, a superhero. Because, totally. And it probably was thanks in a lot large part to the MCU and putting a lot of heroes out there, heroes with, with powers that one would look at and be like, I want to be just like them. But there wasn't a lot of, especially back then, it's still honestly arguably even now a ton of that going on for ladies right totally. and the, i mean it took a while for us to even just get wonder woman uh, on the big screens past this point it was years past this point so that frozen really was that final like they just really cracked it like oh yeah when, little girls want to feel powerful too yeah who to thunk it took us this long. It's so funny. It was to- seen as this like massive feminist victory, which yeah, I mean, when you watch it, it, it is it's a great movie, but it is still very much a princess movie. Uh-huh. Like one of the women doesn't have a love interest, and the other does. The other, you know, so it's like it's not like they like took out the things that make a Disney movie a Disney movie, but they did do it a little bit more intentionally. Um, and that was, yeah, it was either seen as like this great feminist victory or seen as this like, well, now we can't even have a princess movie without having it be feminist, you know? <laughs> so it's like interesting to see Frozen as this also representative of that year of being like, let's, what if we just made things a little slightly more equal for women? And you know, and then everybody goes and gets a case of Bush Light and smashes. It's not even made by Anheuser Bush, and they're smashing Bush Light. Or maybe it is made. It must be made by Anheuser Bush, but it's not. I don't Bud think. It, I don't even know that it is. I think you're right. Actually, that's like hilarious. I was wondering why a guy was smashing Bush Lights in that video. I was like, why is he smashing Bush? That doesn't even make any sense. He got it wrong. Um, this was also this was a sad year for me. This was when Wolf of Wall Street came out, and so on my birthday, I got to go with everybody to see Henry and Wolf of Wall Street. And then we got to celebrate Henry that day. On your birthday? Afterwards, which was super fun. Yeah, on my birthday. Yeah, yeah. It was on my birthday. I got to go with everybody and celebrate Henry. And it was a really cool day for me. And I definitely wasn't just mortally depressed that my career was going nowhere. And Try going to go see it with your parents while you watch your brother have sex with a sex worker sitting next to your mom. And, um, 
<laughs> on Christmas Day. So, you know, that's, I just, I don't mean to one-up you here, Holden, but, um, you bitch. Uh, that was, that certainly, that definitely. That is so funny. I, I will say, I haven't watched it since. <laughs> I think I, I think I did watch it since, because I, yeah, that was hard. That was hard for me, man. I'm not gonna lie. I uh, uh, some some nods to some decent ones. There's really shockingly so few movies that came out this year that were any good. But I did think her was phenomenal with Joaquin Phoenix. Gravity was a lot of. I really did enjoy Gravity. But you we're talking. This is the year that Argo won the Oscar. I remember. Uh huh. I could sleep. <laughs> I could sleep. I could sleep. <laughs> Yeah, this is the kind of the beginning of the sad flick era, don't you think? Yeah. Oh, yes. Even when he won, he everyone sad. was like, fuck you, Ben Affleck. <laughs> yeah, he still looks sad. <laughs> <laughs> fucking Argo, really? You fucking Ben You know, everybody was so pissed off. Let's talk about rape culture. You know, he's just like, I don't want I just yeah. want to win my Oscar and eat my Dunkin' Donuts. I don't want to oh, talk this- about Oh, I do remember going to go see Les Mis, though. This oh. was the year. Uh, Les, I went to go see Les Mis with um, our good buddy, oh, Cap, and we had a bottle of whiskey. We were in, it was New Year's Day, starting 2013. I remember having the drinks with you guys. I remember having drinks with you guys uh, the day after. Oh, yeah. Or the day, or I'm sorry, right, right after. It came out in 2012, late, late 2012, 2012 and You were like right? post-cool cry yeah. face. Like, you were so, like, just at the bar. We were at the bar. I forget what bar, but definitely, like, like in the neighborhood, I remember we went to Alligator Lounge. Yes. I don't know why I specifically have of that day. We walked from the movie theater. That's right. We, I met you guys there. We, got, we kept an eye. I drank an entire bottle of whiskey <laughs> while we openly sang all of Les Mis. We're in the movie theater by ourselves, and That's awesome. um, <laughs> it was just a great. It was that was I, my only great movie going experience of twenty thirteen. <laughs> that sounds like your best memory of 2013 huh? yes. it, but you're saying it was on it was new year's was it new year's 2014 no it was new year's day it came oh, okay. out um it came out the end of 2012 oh, okay. i think it came out christmas day 2012. christmas day gotcha. 2012 gotcha yeah. i watched it shortly after i think it was you guys's reaction actually is what made me want to go and see it and i definitely did also got very drunk and watched it and cried oh yeah quite a i lot. loved people were haters about it but i thought it, i thought they did a great job I thought it was great well it's the same mastermind that gave us cats you know so Really? Yeah, it's the same director, bro. What? Russell Crowe <laughs> shouldn't have been Javier. Russell, Russell Crowe shouldn't have been Javier, Javier, but that was it. But that was he did his he did the best he and could. And also, Javier is like an annoying the Angela Bassett yeah. did so for sure. Yeah, he did the thing yeah. for sure. He did the thing. Wow, that's the same person as cats. Yeah, I can't believe that. Now we have to wa- start watching them back to back every time we watch cats. We have to watch Les Mis. Yeah, man, we let's do a group yeah. watch of Les Mis. I would love. Oh, I'm gonna have to. I right. have to sing, but like turn my volume down since I can't really <laughs> sing. But I want to watch it with you no, guys. No, let it out. Let it out. I. Uh, you have to let it out if you watch it with us. You can't hold <laughs> okay. it in or mute it. All right, all right. I I actually would love to do a group watch of Flame Is Twenty. God, is this just one of the this? I would list Twenty Thirteen as one of the worst years for movies. I think. Yeah, <laughs> but great for television. Horrible yes. for movies. Great for television. Great so. for television. And, and this really was. I saw one li- thing item on it. Maybe the Buzzfeed list or one of the other ones that was like and like binge watching became yeah. you know the thing became the Angela Bassett of 2013 <laughs> and uh, I, you know yeah I think it was really we just we wanted to watch prestige long drawn out 
you know, hours and hours and hours, gimme, gimme, gimme of of television watching for the first time. And and that was where everything was being packaged. And then when it came to the movie theater, it was like, would you like to be a part of our superhero universe? Come here to the movie theater. And like everything was geared towards that to such an obnoxious degree. We are in full superhero hell. And it's just a shit year for it, too. It's Thor The Dark World, one of the worst MCU movies of all time. Whoa. Um, Man of Steel, which, you know, is just fully embedded in that Zack Snyder muted color, you know, re-9-11-ing a city in a superhero movie world. Like, it just was not a good scene. Uh, um, yeah, really at and all. And yet, TV-wise, this is when Pique Blana starts coming Pique out. Blana. This is when Brooklyn Nine-Nine starts coming Locking out. Dead. This is the beginning of Rick and Morty. This yep. is the beginning of Orange is the New Black. Yep. This is the beginning of House mm-hmm. of Cards. Oh my God, House of Cards. Yes. Yeah. Oh, it was that just, was another great time. I feel like God saw 2013 and was like, oh, you all like the internet. It's staying at home, binge-watching things, huh? Yeah. Interesting. Well, I give you COVID. <laughs> <laughs> and then he threw co- oh, I remember liking Saving Mr. Banks with Tom Cruise or Tom Hanks rather as Walt Disney or whatever and that was pretty fun was it fun it was I saw it with my mommy this was the year of Spring the Breakers though that was a good one that came really out really like Spring Breakers it's a good year to be a drunk person. <laughs> These are all good, like, get drunk and watch them movies and TV shows. This was a great year to be drunk. Also, not to we not to bring up the discourse again, but it was also the year of girls. Oh, so that was also a lot of, discourse, of discourse that I thankfully never participated in. I, I, is, is girls actually good? Am I going to come to that show at some point and be like, oh, wow, this was actually brilliant? Or is it just, you know, because I, I had shit covered glass at this point in my life because <laughs> I was mad at everyone succeeding and me failing. Uh, my problem is is that like I I haven't watched it since it was on air and I was so annoyed by the characters that I couldn't like it wasn't like I was hate watching them like I just was so annoyed by them that I didn't want to continue. Uh-huh. I don't know again though that was like I was annoyed because I was like I don't want to watch a bunch of rich people my age I'm so broke like I was just so broke during this time period that that was the last thing that I right. wanted to do. So I don't know if I would look back and watch it differently than I used to. And I yeah. didn't watch it because I didn't want to be, have to talk about it with people. And so I didn't watch it because I was like, everyone keeps asking me what I think about girls and I don't want to have these conversations. And so I just never watched it. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> because it was like, everyone was like, you like feminism and you think women are funny. How do you feel about girls? Yeah, Doesn't yeah. that prove women aren't funny? And I was like, <laughs> you know what? Let's just, <laughs> let's just avoid this. See girls. <laughs> oh no, Paw Patrol started in 2013. I'm wow. sorry. Uh, that show's been around for a long time. Yes. Talk about longevity, man. Oh uh, yeah. Kids shows though, they can do that. You know, yeah, forever. fucking Sesame Street, bro. It's a marvel to me. It started in the 70s, right? Or the 60s. Yeah. Sesame Street. It's a marvel. Yeah. I think at, at least 40 years old, maybe, maybe more. No, but more, crazy much more. to me. Years. Yeah. Anyway, it's, and it's still good. Sesame Street is still excellent. Oh, man. This was a great year for Henry, though. Your pretty face going to hell. <laughs> fucking Wolf of Wall Street. Henry, sky was the limit for, for, <laughs> our, for my friend. <laughs> 
<laughs> I was in an opposite world, but Sky was living for Henry. That's great. And shout out to him um, for ruining my birthday. For All right, everybody. Ruining my birthday. And shout out to him for <laughs> ruining really my Christmas. Ruining, yes. That really happened. We d- yeah, ruining Jackie's Christmas. That really, really happened. I was so I was so floored. I was like, are we going to do any anything for me to do anything? No. Nope. Okay. We're going to toast to Go Henry celebrate again. your friend. <laughs> it actually does speak to why it felt like such a weird year for you guys. Because yeah. like you said, you used to, Murder Fist was always together. This whole huge group always, always, always. So of course at this time that everybody's different stars are rising at different rates, you know, everybody's going to feel real weird about it. And yep. you're transitioning from your early 20s to your mid 20s in some cases, or your late thir- late 20s to your early 30s. It's like everyone's trying to be like, this is the year you're like, fuck, fuck, I got to get my fucking shit together, you know? Yeah. Yes. It was really hard. Yeah. Yep. And that's fine. <laughs> look we at us did it. Hey, things got so much better. Oh, we did look. Things got so much better. Yeah. These are some dark years for me, but We're things got good. way better. Better. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You took your shit glasses off. My shit yeah. glasses super off. Super yeah, off. Except for when it comes off. to this list of movies, there will always be shit covered when it comes to me looking at the movies that came <laughs> out in 2013. year for movies. Crazy. It is just a rough year for movies. Crazy. Um, all right. <laughs> I guess that's our show. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. We're on the road right now doing uh, live shows, so check check out tickets for that, lastpodcastnetwork.com. Come see us out. Uh, Thank you so much for joining for this special, extra, fun, unique, and and very... Magical episode. Why are you so of angry Pink when Seven. you say the word magical? <laughs> what is wrong? It was magical. It's a magic show with magic shoes, and they make you fly and they give you the news. <laughs> Whoa, fuckers. <that's> Fuckheads. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for hanging out with us. My name is Jackie Zabrowski. You can follow me on Instagram at Jack That Worm. You can come hang out with me on Sundays and Tuesdays and Wednesdays over on twitch.tv forward slash oh no, it's Jackie. And don't forget, lastpodcastnetwork.com for your release the butthole. Cut tour tickets. Patreon.com forward slash page seven podcast. That's right. Catch it, get it, feel it, need it, love it. It's got <laughs> pop it. <laughs> magical. It it's is magical. Patreon.com forward slash page seven podcast. A magical treat for you and me. <laughs> uh, five five dollars a month. You get weekly bonus uh, episodes, and you get for ten dollars a month to hang out with us on our Discord for the Jersey Shore Watch Long. It is always a blast every single week. Check us out. Patreon.com forward slash page seven podcast. Also, twitch.tv forward slash hold to nature's ho. Monday through Friday streams. Friday, I do jacking with the holdies with beloved Jackie, me. and that is at 6 p.m. ET. Yeah, that's mine. You should, that's mine. That's my name. There you go. And then she said it, and then you get it. Twitch.tv forward slash hold nature's ho. MJ. <laughs> my name is MJ, and I'm MJKL cat on Instagram. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye, y'all. Bye. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. <laughs>